Welcome, everybody, to our weekly Torah podcast. This week's Torah portion is Parshas Vayeshev. This podcast is dedicated in memory of Herschel Bendovit, Mr. Harold Pasternak, as well as on the occasion of the yard of his wife, Mrs. Shirley Pasternak, Simba Devorah Basicheskel, parents of our good friend Michael Pasternak. In this week's Torah portion, you come to face with the story of Yosef and his brothers, one of the most difficult sagas, perhaps, in the Torah. Many of the Bali Musa, the ethical masters, remind us that whereas until now, many times we have the, the difficulty, the, the, the challenge, the, the struggle between evil and good, and this is where Parsha is not really like that. And the brothers in the, in, the, in the dispute between Yosef and his brothers really wasn't a good guy and bad guy. Both sides made mistakes, but both were considered extremely righteous. And it's important for us always to remember that the sins of the greats can't really be measured by the same any any way by the by the way by the, the way that we can gauge our own and measure our own things, our own shortcomings and flaws. That's an interesting analogy, as a matter of fact. Just because it I type of idea of there being different standards. For example, when it's let's say you might something somebody sweep the floor and you see it's squeaky clean. But even though the floor might be squeaky clean, that doesn't mean to say they'd be willing to eat food off of the floor. Along the same lines, when let's say you take a, a, a knife that would be used to, clean, to, to cut a piece of chicken, so the knife would be clean enough to be able to use in a piece of chicken, but you certainly wouldn't use that knife for a surgery, as a scalpel for surgery, because there are different levels of, different, of hygiene, different levels of cleanliness that are necessary. The cleanliness of the floor is not the same as the cleanliness needed for food, and the cleanliness needed for food is not the same thing as the sterility needed for a surgery for different parts of the body. It's the same thing over here too. The standards are so there's such a disparate distinction between the greats of the Torah and our generation today that certainly it seems to be that the different types of sins that they may have committed and their shortcomings and flaws as per their nature. But we're talking about light years ahead of what we can possibly imagine. The standards and the demands of people of that stature were much greater than those demands of people that are not on the same level. The Torah tells us though that on some level, Yosef, Yosef, Yosef brought bad reports about his brothers to their father. On the other hand, the Pasuk tells us regarding the brothers, that his brothers saw, that the, the brothers saw that Yaakov seemed to love Yosef more than the rest of the brothers. So they hated him. They couldn't speak to him with, at peace. And later on it says, after he mentioned the dreams to his brothers, he related the dreams, but Yosef Otsnoso, they continued, they hated him even more. And later it says again, that they, that they were jealous of him. Very strong terms, and the fact, of course, leading to the fact that they're willing to want to kill their brother, and that eventually they actually sold their brother into slavery. These are very difficult things for us to understand. I believe this is especially so, considering the fact that we find Yosef had a certain quality about him. Not only did he win his father's heart, as the Torah tells us, we saw Yosef as Yosef, that the father did have a special place in his heart for Yosef. The Apostle because he was a child of his old age. And that's not 100% accurate that he was, he was the only child of the old age because, I mean, he didn't get married until he was 84 years old, so all of his children were children of his old age. And Benjamin was born even after Yosef. Rashi tells us Ben Zakudim because he felt a certain affinity with him. Yeah, they shared certain commonality, they shared physical characteristics, and they also, ya- Yaakov understood also that Yosef would be to some extent 
the bridge that would lead from the forefathers to the children. So in some level, he was an extension of Yosef, of Yaakov himself. But we see Yosef also had this midah, this characteristic of being able to find favor wherever he went. When he was sold down to Egypt, the Apostle tells us that Yosef found favor in the eyes of his master, Potiphar. And he appointed him over his household and everything that he had, he put into his control. And by the time that he came over, and the time that he came to his house, the Apostle tells us that literally everything was, his, everything was under Yosef's control except for the bread that he would eat, so to say. Rashi tells us that refers to his personal relationship with his wife. Everything outside of his personal relationship, though, was under Yosef's control. Of course, we know the story that Potiphar's wife lay eyes on Yosef, and then she tried, she made stories about him, and eventually he was thrown into prison. Yet even in prison, the Pasi tells us that it says, Vayhi Hashem is Yosef, that Hashem is to get with, with Yosef, Vayyedel of Chasad, and he treated him kindly. Vayyitin Chino Be'enisar Be'esasar, he was able to find favor in the eyes of the jail master, person that was in charge of the prisons. So even over there, we would, who could imagine such a situation like that? What a depressing type of situation. Even over there too, Yosef was able to find favor in the eyes of of the, of the Sar Besasora, the person that was in charge of the prison. And then there too, the Pasi tells us, he put all the inmates in the prison under his custodies, every, under, under Yosef's custody. And everything that was done, Yosef would be the one in control of it. Even in the prison again, the Pasi tells us that when he saw that there, were, that there were two of the king's servants, the wine butler and the baker, and they came in and they had a, they, they both had, had sins against them when the butler served the wine to the king there was a fly in the wine when the baker served the bread to the king there, was, there were pebbles in the bread in the bread and they're both thrown into prison the passage tells us though that there was one day that both the the butler and the baker had dreams that were very concerning to them and Yosef comes the next morning and tells them tell me my friends what's wrong why do you seem so sad today and they opened up to Yosef immediately. He said, well, the reason is because we had a dream last night and we can't, we can't figure out what it means exactly. Even in the prison, Yosef found favor in the eyes of the, of, of the fellow prisoners too. And then, of course, the passage tells us next week's Torah portion, when Yosef was released from prison, went to Paro to interpret Paro's dream, no sooner did he come and no sooner did he explain the, the dream to Paro the Apostle tells us that Paro was so amazed by him. He says, you know, since Hashem has shown you so much, there's no wise man like you, I want you to be on top of my house. I want you to be in charge of the whole country. You'll be in charge of my palace, and by your command, everything will be, everybody with everybody in the people in the, in the country will be sustained. Only my throne will, out, will, will be above you. Yosef had this characteristic of being able to find favor in anybody's eyes, except for his brother's. For his brothers, it seems, the Apostle tells us that they couldn't they couldn't speak to him at peace. There was such an animosity, a hatred, and a jealousy. It seems difficult to understand how is it that Yosef was able to find favor in everybody else's eyes, but not in the eyes of his own brothers. I believe the answer to this is the brothers felt threatened by Yosef. The rabbis explained, we showed him say, that Swano says the reason why the brothers wanted to kill Yosef is because they really they felt, they felt threatened by Yosef. But Yosef was conveying negative reports to the father, and who knows what the father would do with those reports. The father might disown them, the father might even curse them, whatever it might be. They felt that Yosef was a pursuer, a rodef, and therefore as such, 
they felt the halacha mandated that he be getting rid of. Now, if that's the case, why were they punished, though? The explanation is because, although it's true, they may have they may have had a calculation, they may have some kind of justification for what they did, even for that matter, but it was not based on objective truth because it was tinted by the fact that they were jealous. It was tinted by the fact that they had the personal animosity towards Yosef. And when you have that animosity, it's impossible to be able to see something with objectivity. Perhaps, again, the jealousy may have been relatively in, 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 innocuous, but it was just a small little thing. But at a level where these great people were holding, it colored their vision, and they were unable to see things with an objective truth. The result of which was that they eventually wanted to destroy him, they wanted to kill him, they want, and eventually they indeed did sell him. Yosef too, for that matter. Yosef, when he conveyed the negative reports to the fathers, to the father, it wasn't because out of personal animosity towards his brothers. His intention was in, was truly because he felt that the brothers, he expected more of his brothers. Rashi says he saw certain things with the brothers that he felt that they, they were doing incorrectly. They're eating meat without being slaughtered properly. He felt that they were they're taking liberties with women. They felt they didn't treat their, treat their brothers properly, the, the brothers of the of the maidservants of Bila and Zilpa. And he, he's brought negative reports back to the father. The reality is, though, that in, as far as the laws of Lashon are concerned, even though halacha is that if a person sees something and he feels for a constructive purpose, it's permissible to say something over but you have to make sure what you're seeing 100% is accurate. Yosef didn't give his brothers the benefit of a doubt. He should have spoken to them directly and said, what's going on over here? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? It seems Yosef may have had personal stringencies above and beyond what was required. If he didn't see his brothers behaving according to his personal stringencies, he felt the need to be able to improve them and to tell his father about it. But that was wrong. Again, his intention may have been good, but the fact is, and halacha, before you go and say something like that over, you have an obligation to give the benefit of a doubt. You have an obligation to first speak it out with the people to try to clarify yourself 100% what's going on, what, went, what, what, what was done, was it correct, was it incorrect? Because Yosef didn't do that, ultimately he was accountable. It's interesting, the rabbis tell us that much, much later, the brothers were punished 1,800 years later 1,400 years later, with this, with the, by the destruction of the second base of Migdash, in that period of time, there was the, the, the ten martyrs. We read about Yom Kippur, we read about on Tishaba, for that matter. Ten greatest scholars that are put to death by the Romans. And the reason for that, they say, was it served as punishment for the sale of Yosef. Now, if you think about it, the sale of Yosef was actually only done by nine brothers. The Torah tells us that Reuben was, was not there at the time. And then Benjamin also was not there at the time. Benjamin certainly did not have a role in selling his brother. And then Yosef himself, obviously. So that's of the 12 brothers, only nine of them were involved in the sale. Why is it that ten, right, there are 10 martyrs? The explanation I offer is because Yosef also was taken to task. Yosef, to some extent, was held accountable for the fact that his brothers sold him into slavery. Matter of fact, the Kabbalists tell us that the rabbi that was killed in lieu of Yosef was Chutzpah Samaturgaman. Chutzpah Samaturgaman was the was the great Chutzpah. Literally, Maturgaman is the, the interpreter. Let me say his he would say over the words of Torah and teach them to people to make them clear, make them well understood. The rabbis tell us that he was when they they 
the Romans have forbade the study of Torah. When they cut Chutzvah Samaturgaman, teaching Torah, they took him and cut off his tongue and threw his tongue into the into the trash heap. Matter of fact, the Talmud tells us elsewhere that Elisha ben Avuya saw the tongue of Chutzvah Samaturgaman being dragged by an animal, and he said, how is it possible that this tongue that literally spilled forth pearls of wisdom should be, should be dragged by an animal like that in, a, in the garbage dump? And the rabbis tell us Chutzpah Torgeman was in some ways the reincarnation of Yosef. He was punished as a result of the sin of Yosef because since Yosef had spoken negatively about his brothers, that led ultimately to the sale of Yosef and it was for that reason that Chutzpah Torgeman would be the one that would be taken to task that he would be his, many, many years later he, he would die a, a, the death of a martyr as atonement for the sin for Yosef's part in the sale of, of in the sale of, of his of, of himself. What we see of here is an amazing idea. How careful a person has to be, first of all, in both in conveying a proper conveying negative information, even with constructive purposes. But by the same token, also on the brothers' part, the brothers they were taking the task too for, for, for that jealousy. They should have understood, first of all, that Yosef's dreams were prophetic. Indeed, it's interesting that after the first dream, the Torah tells us that they they added they hated him even more. After the second dream, where he said he saw the sun and the moon, and the and the stars bowing down before him, there the Torah tells us that they were jealous of Ayikano, so they were jealous of him. After the first dream, when he saw the bundles of wheat representing the brothers bowing to his bundle. It says that they hated him. But the second dream, it says they were jealous of him. And the reason for that is because the first dream, they felt he concocted himself. The Talmud tells us oftentimes dreams are the result of what a person thinks about during the day. And they felt that if he was dreaming, they would bow down before him. That was what he was dreaming about. He was dreaming that his brothers should, he was thinking about that his brothers should, 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 should submit themselves before him, should bow down before him. But when they saw the second dream, and the second dream they saw that he dreamed that the father and his mother would bow down before him too, that they didn't imagine Yosef could even, even Yosef would not dream about his father being subservient to him. Yosef had such a close relationship with his father, it was difficult to imagine something like that. And if that's the case, they realized the second dream probably would be, was prophetic and probably would come true. They no longer hated him for that, they were jealous of him. Hatred implies something that they felt that he concocted himself, something they felt that he was, he was wrong in thinking about it. Jealousy is something that they realize may have been true, but nevertheless they felt they felt that why should he be deserving of that? What's, what, why, why should he why should be control over us rather than, rather than our being in control? That was something that was the second thing over there. So they were, they were taking a test for that though. It was wrong for them to think along those lines that Yosef was, that Yosef was, was doing something wrong. Yosef was trying to garner their attention, try to make them subservient to him, try to lord over them. And that was that was that was, that was punished ultimately later on, and again, many years later, with the with the death of the of the ten martyrs. There are many things that we learn out from those drama of Yosef and his brothers. But as I said before, it's important for us to remember that these people were great people. They were they're people light years ahead of any greatness that we could possibly imagine. And the sins the Torah talks about in these people is only as per their level. On their level, where so much more was demanded of them, 
this is what the, this is what Torah requirement, the Torah, this is what Torah expects of them for that matter. And that's why the, the Torah takes them to task for that and punishes them accordingly also. Have a great week, everybody, and hopefully we'll be together again next week. Ever think about starting your own podcast? The Maverick Podcasting Network makes creating and running your podcast easy and fun. Visit maverickpodcasting.com to get started today.